0: Yeah, our God is awesome indeed. Yeah. yeah, let us pray. Our precious Father, we will we thank you, Almighty God, for this opportunity or to come to your presence. Father, we thank you for all that you have packaged for us today. Because no one comes to you and lives the same way. We know and we trust that you will bless us. You already blessed us, but each and every one of us, whether we go home, not the same way we came, but we go back filled with your love, with understanding of your word today. Thank you, almighty God. In Jesus' name, we pray. Uh, Yesterday, we had a welfare banquet. I want to use this opportunity to thank everyone that came. Uh, It was such a good time to stay together. I want to thank especially our brother, brother John. He was there. He had a good time. And uh, today, um, my topic is going to flow right from where we stopped yesterday. Our senior pastor did a wonderful exhortation. There's something we're going to do today, and I'll call on the welfare our brother obi and the secretary we're going to give out envelopes one to each family not to each person one to each family i'm going to explain you keep those envelopes i'm going to explain at the end of my sermon what we're going to do because our senior pastor is going to pray for everyone that has the envelopes praise the lord So our team for yesterday is sharing is, is caring, sharing is caring. You know, normally November time is when we think about uh, helping the poor, not only in Nigeria but all over the world. I remember when this church started. Every November, we used to give out uh, envelopes of money or gifts to widows in our church. But unfortunately, it was abused. Some people that were not qualified to get it, we are all scambing for it. And this is our responsibility as a church. To help and to serve each other just the same way Christ did when he was on this earth. I want to take us to John 13 14 to 15, ERV. We all know the story very well, but it says, I am your Lord and teacher, but I washed your feet so you also should wash each other's feet 15 I did this now he's telling us the reason why he did this he says I did this as an example for you so Christ did this as an example for us to follow so you should serve each other just as I served you it is our responsibility to serve each other, just the same way Christ served us. Remember, in First Corinthians 11:1, Paul said, "I imitate Christ. Follow me as I imitate Christ." Let's look at First Peter four ten. Easy, easy translation. You don't have easy translation. So God has helped us. I'm going to read the easy translation. God has helped us. God has helped each of you in a certain way. You should use that gift from God well so that you can help other people. So whatever gift God has given to us, he said that you should use it well. I use it to serve other people. Think carefully about how you do that. It's not something you have to take for granted. It says, think carefully, be serious about it. When you're helping someone, you have to do it with your heart. Think carefully about how you do that. Remember that God has given many different gifts to his people so that they can serve him in other words when we use the gift God has given us to serve people we are serving God so serving people is serving God praise the Lord it is our service that people will see God's grace in action so when, when we serve each other the people will see God's grace in action as we demonstrate our faith James 2.20 easy translation says you fool you fool if someone's faith does not lead them to do good to good to do good things, it is not worth anything. So if, if you say that you have faith, and your faith does not allow you to do good things, I say that that faith is nothing. It is nothing. You see, what God wants is for us to advertise him. I'm going to explain that. You know, most of us that know about selling, advertisement, to create awareness. God wants us to create awareness, make people to understand who he is. He wants us to tell the world about his love. John 13, 35, T-P-T says, For when you demonstrate the same love I have for you, by loving one another, everyone will know that you are my true followers. When we demonstrate that love, the same love, not different love, the same agape love. When we demonstrate that, then people will know that we are his followers. Matthew 5, 16 says, you must be sure that your light shines. You know, you cannot give what you don't have. You say, you must be sure that your light shines. Then you will give light to other, other people. How can you give light to other people if your light does not shine? It's when you see people, when you see people in darkness and then you the light in you will illuminate them but if your light is not shining how can you do that it says they will see all the good things that you do then they will praise God who is your father in heaven the translation we know it says let your light so shine before men that they may see your good work and glorify your father who is in heaven See, when our light shines, we all become encouragers. We begin to encourage people. When others are struggling, we offer a a way of help to them to regain their light. It's not a time to gossip, to tear down our fellow human beings. To be light can mean offering strength to those that are weak or offering a smile and joy to someone that is depressed. Your light will illuminate him or her, bring him back to life again. John 3.16. You know, John 3.16 is kind of a revelation of whom God is. It is revelation of the heart of God. If you want to know the heart of God, John 3, 16 will tell you that. It's a heart full of joy. Praise the Lord. T.P.T. says, John three sixteen T.P.T. says, For here is the way God loved the world. He gave his only unique son as a gift. And when someone gives you, know, gives you a gift, You don't pay anything back. A gift is something that you cherish. And then when you accept that gift, it becomes yours. But if you don't accept that gift, then the gift will be there because he has already given it to you. So God has given us Christ. If you don't accept that gift, the gift of Christ God has given, he is still there. Whenever you are ready, you grab your gift. Praise the Lord. So now everyone who believes in him we we'll never perish, but experience everlasting life. So our God is a giver, and He is a lover. Now, our theme for yesterday was taken from Luke 3:11. And now it says, John replied, If you have two shirts, give one to the poor. If you have food, Share with those who are hungry. And this is what love is all about. Love is to give, to share, and to care. Praise the Lord. These words play a significant role in helping the poor and the needy. Give and share are not the same. Sharing is giving a part of something to another, while giving is transferring possession of something to another. That is a complete handover when you give. For example, if I have one apple, if I cut it into two and give you half, then I have shared my apple. You have one part and I have one part. So when we share, you have part of the substance and the other person will have the other part. Both of them are completely different. That's a, a giving and sharing. Now in the story, we are going to read now the story of the rich ruler. Jesus asked him to give. Let's look at Mark 10, 17 to 24, TPT. As Jesus started in his way, a man came running. This man was running. He ran to Jesus. Up to him, and he nailed down. This is a rich man. He ran and then he nailed down before Christ. Down in front of him, he cried out, good teacher. What one thing? Now he mentioned, he said, tell me one thing, just one thing. Am I required to do to gain eternal life? You can see how important eternal life is, is to this man. Verse 18, Jesus responded, Why do you call me good? Only God is truly good. 19. Now Jesus began to tell him what to do. He says, You already know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Do not cheat. And honor your father and mother. Now This is what the man says. The man said to Jesus, Teacher, I have, he didn't say I have done all this, he said I have carefully, I have carefully obeyed these laws since my youth. I mean, he scored 100% according to him. Since my youth, you can imagine from youth, this man, so you can imagine how important eternal life was to him. So since his youth, he has been preparing for this eternal life. He has prepared him for it. He says, since my youth, I've been obeying this. And then Jesus loved him for that. Since Jesus fixed his gaze upon the man with tender love, who wouldn't love him? And said to him, yet yeah, there is still one thing. Remember the man demanded for one thing. And Jesus gave him one thing. Yet, This is still one thing in you lacking. Go, sell all that you have and give the money to the poor. Then all of your treasure will be in heaven. After you have done this, come back and walk with me. He wants eternal life. And then Jesus said, I'm going to move all your property to eternal life. So when you come to eternal life, you begin to enjoy all those property. And the man, the man thought Jesus was kind of uh, funny. But remember that what Jesus told him was exactly what the Christians practice in Acts two forty four to forty seven. So it's not something new. And even Peter, I mean, so even his disciples, the sons of Zebedee, James and John, when Jesus approached them in the Sea of Galilee, what did they do? They abandoned, I would say they abandoned, they left their dad and their occupation and followed Jesus. So they left everything they had Now, in Acts 2, 44, 47, it says all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They shared everything. Everything they had, they shared it. They uh, they, they, they sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. These were the disciples. Jesus didn't tell them to do that. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the, for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. You know one thing about giving, one thing I discovered about giving, it brings joy You know when you give there is joy in giving when you like christmas is coming most people back home or in africa now we are opportune to be here we'll be celebrating exchanging gifts enjoying ourselves some people will roast turkey chicken goat you see everything on the table. And then back home, some people will not be even be sure of a cup of rice. And then if you remember, I don't know about other part of Africa, in Nigeria, during Christmas time, things are very expensive. If a bag of rice... Was sold for ten thousand naira before Christmas. During Christmas time, it will come up to fifteen thousand. That is that is that is how they operate back home. They make things difficult for poor people to enjoy Christmas just like we you know we do. So in that uh, in, uh, verse twenty-two of. Uh, uh, where we are reading, uh, Mark 10, Mark 10, 22. So the rich man, completely, sh- completely shocked by Jesus' answer. He was shocked by Jesus' answer. He turned and walked away very sad, very sad for he was extremely rich. That's, that's kind of a disrespectful. He walked away from Jesus he turned and walked away. Jesus looked at the faces of his disciples and said, how hard it is for the worthy to enter into God's kingdom. You see, Jesus used this story to illustrate to us how detrimental effect, the detrimental effect money can have on one's desire for eternal life. Don't you let anything to deprive you of embracing Christ? Praise the Lord. I remember. I remember before worry delayed my giving my life to Christ. You know, was the friends I had. I didn't want to abandon them. You know, those, in those days we were all criticizing, uh, you know, born again Christians, especially uh, the Scripture Union uh, people. So I didn't, but when I gave my life, can you imagine? The first person that saw me with Bible was one of my closest friends. And he says, uh, Chooks, what do I do with those people? What do I do with this Bible? My friend threw that in the wall. let's drink beer. But God gave me a word for him. I told him, I said, man, you see, there's no life in that thing. I I raised up my Bible and said, well, this is where life is. Praise the Lord. So Mark 836 says, For what use is it? to gain all the wealth and power of this world with everything it could offer you at the cost of your life. So what will it gain you? What will it profit you if you gain the whole world and still lose your soul? We're going to compare this rich man with another rich man in the Bible called Zacchaeus. So we can see the difference. It's not how rich you are, but how well you control yourself with your wealth that counts. Last Sunday, we had Life Center Preparatory, and Brother Uchamu and uh, you know, his wife, they dealt with this uh, helping the poor. And like I told them, that they all preach my sermon. And then you begin to see that there is need. There is need that God has prepared us, prepared you and I, that this is our responsibility to help them. Remember what Ephesians 2.10, I think I have it here, but Ephesians 2.10 says... Says uh, his workmanship. We are created to good, do good good work, and part of that good work is helping the poor. Because this is the heart of Christ. This is the heart of God. If you go through the Bible, there's so many places where I've been told on what to do with the poor. Jesus entered Luke ten, 1 to ten, amp. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was a man called Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, a superintendent to whom others reported, and he was rich. So this man was a man placed on a high. People were reporting to him, and then he was, he was, he was rich. Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was, but he could not see because of the crowd for he was sh- shot in stature so he ran ahead again another man the rich man ran this one also ran ahead of the crowd and climbed up in a sycamore tree in order to see him I want you to just look at the picture this is a rich man running ahead of uh, the crowd just to go and see Christ and then he climbed The tree you see how important Christ was to him praise the Lord for he was about to pass through that way when Jesus reached the place he looked up and said to him Zacchaeus hurry and come down for today I must stay at your house The book of Jeremiah 29:13 says, If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. So Zacchaeus hurried and came down and welcomed Jesus with joy. The other man walked away disrespectfully. But this man came down with joy. See, when, when you approach Christ, that's joy. When you accept Christ as a personal Lord and Savior... There is joy bumbling in your heart. Praise the Lord. So when the people saw it, they all began much disc- uh, discontent. He has gone to be the, the, the guest of a man who is a notorious sinner. He wasn't just a sinner, but he was a notorious one. So do not let what people think about you distract you from serving God. People will come with so many... S- s- so many stories. Don't let that distract you. Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, See, Lord, I am now giving half of my possessions. Now he is ready. He has prepared his mind that I want this eternal life. So, Lord, I am now giving half of my possession to the poor. It's not There's no procrastination. It's not, I will do it. He said, right now, I've already done it. I've given part of my possession to the poor. And if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will give back four times as much. Jesus said to him, today, not tomorrow, today, salvation has come to this household because he too is a spiritual son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. You see, both of them had the same goals eternal life. They both ran to Jesus, like I said, but their responses were different. The rich man felt he was righteous and was very sure of eternal life. But this man, Zacchaeus, saw himself as a sinner and then he approached Jesus with respect. With humility. He humbled himself. He humbled himself. And the Bible said that when you humble yourself, you'll be exalted. So he was exalted. Christ exalted him and spent the time with him in his house. Praise the Lord. So I'm going to talk about the reason why God, you know, bless or blesses us. Look at Genesis 12 2 to 3 easy translation. It says, I will cause your descendants to become a great nation. Talking to Abraham now. I will bless you. Everyone will know your name. And this is where I'm going. It says, you will bring my blessing to other people. God said, Abraham, I'm going to bless you so that you will bring my own blessing to other people. You know, like I, I i shared with them in the, in the life center i said god has relocated us you know the same way he relocated abraham he said abraham leave your family and go to this place where i'm going to bless you so when abraham left and went there that was where god blessed him so i said the same way God has brought us here, because I know if most of us were still in Nigeria, we'd be suffering like those that are suffering now. But he has brought us to a land full of opportunity. And by the grace of God, we're all making it. And he expects us to help those that need to be helped. So we have been relocated to help our brethren, our brothers and sisters back home. Ephesians 2.10 I'm going to read this message we all know it but the message translation says no we neither make nor save ourselves God does God does both the making and saving God he creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him to join him in the work he does So we are to join him in the work he does. The good work he has gotten ready for us to do work we had better be doing. To join him we'll see how we're going to join Christ in doing the work he did. I said the greatest honor given to human beings you know, it's found in Genesis 1, 26 to 27. You know, I, I, I stood and then I, kept, I meditated on this scripture. It's just a common thing, but when I meditated, I, so many, so many revelations came to me. It says, um, then God said, let us make human beings in our own image to be like us. We're not qualified. This is the beginning of Grace. We were not, I mean, when God created everything, the animals, everything, the trees, the water, everything in the Garden of Eden, and then he said, now let us now come together and create man in our own image. Let them be like us. Isn't that grace? He said, they will reign over the fish. He has made all those things available for us. For us to run over. Run over the fish, the birds, the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scroll along the, the ground. 27. So God created human beings in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. So God made provision for everyone. He created in His own image. The same tree. He planted in the Garden of Eden is what we are still enjoying, because what he did was to make sure that all those things will keep reproducing its kind. So God will not say, "Well, um, do you know that Pastor Zanya, you know, is born? Let's make another tree for him." No, has already prepared everything for everyone, including the poor. He made everything available. Praise the Lord. So being made in the image of God is a common grace. It's a common grace that God has extended to every human being. It is universally given. Just in like Matthew 5, 45 says, in Amplified Version, so that you may show yourself to be the children of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his Son rise on those who are evil, and on those who are good, and make the rain fall on the righteous, those who are morally upright, and the unrighteous, the unrepented, those who oppose Him. So He made everything available for, for everyone, both the good and bad. So this is this is this is grace, but this is different from uh, saving grace. This is different from saving grace which is made available to born again christians and this can only be obtained through faith in jesus christ like ephesians 2 8 to 9 says for by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourself it is the gift of god not of works lest anyone should boast praise the lord so since god created man in his own image every human being Every human life has value. Every human life has value, irrespective of the status, because we're all created in His own image. This means we cannot ignore those trapped in poverty or homelessness. We cannot ignore the widow or the orphan who bears the same image of God. The poor are real people made in the image of God. That we are created in God's image means that human worth is not based on race, ethnicity, economic status, social standing, or physical attractiveness. Consequently, the image disallows prejudice of any kind. So don't let people talk you down because you are black. We are all made in the image of God. Praise the Lord. James three nine says TPT. We use our tongues. We use our tongue to praise God, our Father, and then turn around and curse a person who was made in his very image. We can do that. You praise God, and then you stab someone with the same tongue that you used to praise God. This is why God reminded Noah after he destroyed the world, that human beings are still made in the image of God. The sin of Adam did not destroy that. Genesis 9, 6 says, if anyone takes a human life, that person's life will also be taken by human hands. For God made human beings in his own image. You see how much love, how much love God has for human beings. He kept defending that we are made in his own image, and therefore we should all be one. When we see the poor or homeless person, we should see them as the image of God and a reflection of ourselves because we're all made in the image of God. They're all a reflection of ourselves because we're all made in the image of God. Praise the Lord. We should value them because they also radiate the image of God. So, when giving something to the poor or homeless, don't just toss it, throw it at him, or throw the bill and throw at him. First, look at them carefully and see the face of Christ in them, because that is who they, who we are giving the little donation to. You are not giving it to him, You are giving it to Christ. Some of us, we just see them and pass by as if they are invisible. You ignore them, you don't care about them, you don't know how to look. I remember I, there was my close neighbor where I used to live. I categorized him as being poor because I was helping him. And one time he came to me, you know, he he rang the bell and someone someone in my house opened the door for him and didn't let him in. So I asked, who is that? And then, you know, she mentioned the person. And then when I came to him, you know, I I said, why did not you come in? He said, well, he didn't let me in. So I told him to come in, sit down. And then he told me his problems. Even when I moved, I was still driving down one hour to come and help him. Praise the Lord. And this is why Jesus said in Matthew 25, 37 to 40, and LT says, Then these righteous ones will. We reply, Lord, we all know the story. I don't want to go because, because of time. When did, when did we ever see you hungry and, and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? When did we see you sick? Or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one or the least of these my brothers and sisters you were doing it to me. Loving God is loving people. First John 3.17 says if someone has enough money to live well now he's talking about living well and sees a brother or a sister in need but shows no compassion how can God's love be in that person? We remember the story of uh, the rich man and Lazarus. The Bible said that, 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 that Lazarus, as the poor man, was all the time sitting by the rich man's gate. And this man goes in and out, sees him every day, didn't care about him. Lazarus was feeding from his leftovers That's the food he threw away. That's what Lazarus was feeding from. And the Bible said that Lazarus' companion, his friends, were the dogs in the neighborhood. They would come and then be licking his sores. And this man, this, this rich man will come every day, drive you know to his house ignoring the the poor man and both of them died now Lazarus was taken to heaven by Angel Muzin Angel Muzin took him to heaven and then the rich man followed Satan even when he was there He still saw Lazarus as a poor man in heaven. But unfortunately, he couldn't get to him. So, what am I talking about? He says, if someone has enough money to live well, when you have enough money to live well and refuse to help the poor, you are not showing the love of Christ. There's no atom of love in you. Jesus encourages us to have compassion because he is full of compassion. Matthew 15 to 32 Luke 5 verses Now Jesus called his disciples to himself and said I have compassion on the multitude because they have now continued with me 3 days and have nothing to eat and I do not want to send them away hungry lest they faint on the way You know so many people this so many people Stay days without food. Back home. Proverbs 19.17 says, TPT, every time you give to the poor, you make a loan to the Lord. he says, don't worry. You will be repaid in full for all the good you have done. You can imagine, each time you give to the poor, you are loading, giving a loan to God. And then he says, going, he says, Don't worry about it, he's going to pay. Because there's benefits in helping the poor. Which I'm going to treat now. So, helping the poor benefits. Giving opens the door of blessings and opportunities. Giving not only provides, I mean proves our love for the Lord. It is also a sure way to have God's blessing flowing in us. Praise the Lord. Psalm 41, 1 to 3, it says, God always blesses those who are kind to the poor and the helpless. They are the first ones God helps when they find themselves in trouble. In any trouble. The Lord will preserve and protect them. They will be honored and esteemed while their enemies are defeated. Why? Because you are helping the poor. Three, when they are sick, lying upon their bed of suffering, God will restore them. He will raise them up again and restore them back to health because you are helping the poor helping the poor brings happiness to the giver, like I said. Proverbs fourteen twenty one says, it's a sin to despise one who is less fortunate than you. But when you are kind to the poor, you will prosper and be blessed. Then Deuteronomy 15:10 10, NL2 says, give generosity to the poor not grudgingly, for the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. Now, what happens if you don't have the poor? When you are in the position to not negative effects of it, we saw that in Ezekiel 16 forty eight, one of the reasons why God destroyed the Sodom and Gomorrah. He says, As I live, says the Lord, that's Ezekiel sixteen forty-eight. To 50. As I live, says the Lord God, Sodom, your sister and her daughters, have not done as you and your daughters have done. Behold, this was the sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters at lying cities had arrogance, abundant food, and careless ease. But she did not help the poor and the needy. They were haughty and committed repulsive acts before me. Therefore, I removed them when I saw it. Proverbs twenty one thirteen NLT says Those who shut their ears to the cries of the poor will be ignored. In their own time of need. So when you shut your ears, when they come to you and you are in a position to help but you don't want to help them, that is shutting your ears. I'm going to kind of round it up with this uh, story. We all know about uh, Mother Teresa. We know about her commitment with the poor when she was alive from India. But what made Mother Teresa very outstanding is interesting. That she did not only serve people in need but he dignified them he placed value on them he respected them, he honored them and the reason why she was able to do this was because of what she learned from her mom Her mother, just like Timothy, learned from um, her mother through her her grandmother. It says here, her mother, every week, that's Mother Teresa, every week, every weeknight, her mother will invite poor people into their home for dinner, every week, every week, weeknight, he will invite them for dinner, and not only for dinner and conversation. So he will, be, he will give them dinner and then he will be having conversation with them. She especially welcomed women in distress. That's Teresa's mom. old widows with no caretakers, homeless women with no roof unwed mothers shunned by family and friends and then I cited, I cited here First Timothy 5 3 to 5 what the Bible says about helping the widows our brother Obi chief had talked about it uh, yesterday he says the church and who are the church? We the church needs to honor and support the widows. That's First Timothy 5, 3 to 5. The church needs to honor and support the widows, especially those who are in their need. But if they have children or grandchildren at home, then it is only proper to let them provide for the ones who raised them when they were children. For kindness begins at home. And it pleases uh, God. So children, this is for you to help when you can. Verse 5 says, for the true widows, these are the true widows the Bible is talking about now. For the true widows is all alone and has placed her complete hope in God. She is Messiah's missionary and we need the support of the church as one who remains in prayer day and night. You see, her, her only hope is in God. Her only hope is in the church. Because she has no children to help, to help her. And I'm telling you, as I stand here before you, there are there's so, many, so many of them like that back home widows that has no help that depend on you and me to help them. Now her brother, that's Mother Teresa's brother says, Our mother never allowed any of the poor people who came to our door to live empty handed. That's that's a legacy. And this is why I say we should share these envelopes. What we want to do is, even if you gave yesterday, our senior pastor will come and pray. When you get home, call your children, every member of the family, sit down and decide what you will give to the poor to celebrate Christmas. We want your children to know about it. If they have a dime, they should contribute. If you're lucky, if you have children that are working, they should contribute. Bring it next Sunday as a family envelope. This is what Ezania's family has contributed to give to the poor to celebrate Christmas. Praise the Lord. Remember, it says, every time you give to the poor, you make a loan to the Lord. And God says, don't worry. You'll be repaid in full for all the good you have done. And he says, "If anyone sees a fellow believer in need and has the means to help, to help him, yet shares no pity and closes his heart against him, how is it even possible that God's love lives in him?" So as believers, as children of God, we have obligation. We have duty assigned to us by God. It is our full responsibility as a church. And then I want to say thanks to this church, that this church has created so many avenues, you know, for us to get blessed. It's true that it's coming out of our pocket, but let me tell you one thing. God sees how much you have, and he knows how much you have given, just like the widow's mark, and he, he will continue to bless you so that you continue to give more. Praise the Lord.